Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Um, now I'm going to do heaps of kung fu because uh, now I've got two hands to play with. Thanks, Brody. You can have a seat. Thank you so much, Brody. Um, hey, so like I said, it's an exciting day today. Uh, we have baptisms this morning. We've got two people being baptised, which is super awesome. Why don't you give them a hand? It's so good. Thank you. They are awesome to be, to want to just take that next step. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a baptism or you've been part of a baptism, but it's an absolute honour and a privilege to see people be baptised. It's an absolute honour and a privilege to see that happen. For someone to say, do you know what? I want to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Um, and it's an honour to baptise someone. Um, you know, when Jesus got baptised, heaven opened. You can read that, about that in Matthew, Mark and Luke, uh, that heaven opened. And in Mark it says that heaven was torn open, torn open. There's this sense of aggression, this sense of, do you know what? I'm living for Jesus. There's this sense of, do you know what, devil? Stuff you, I'm living for my king. There's this sense of aggression, of power, of the Holy Spirit descending like a dove on Jesus and on the people here this morning, which is really cool. You know, in Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, um, when the modern church kind of started, there was a massive move of the Holy Spirit. You can read about it in Acts 2. Um, and what happened was, is that um, Jesus says, oh, you guys just hang out and wait for me and, and, and you'll be clothed on high with power. And so the, the disciples are waiting in the upper room uh, and then um, some people left, some people stayed and then all of a sudden, boom, the Holy Spirit turns up. Uh, and it says that they it alighted on each person like tongues of fire. And then Peter gets up. He's the guy that denied Jesus three times. Uh, he gets up and preaches the gospel. And he talks about, Joel said this and David said that. But I'm telling you right now that they did this and they did that. But Jesus is the Messiah. He's linking the Old Testament to the New Testament. He's saying, Jesus is the Messiah. And this is what the crowd of uh, thousands respond. They say this. When the people heard this, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replies, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of the Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. How cool is that? So I don't know about you. Maybe you've been coming for church for a while. Maybe you're like, yeah, I want to start following Jesus. What do I need to do? And it's, hey, I'm going to tell you right now, just what he said is repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins and for what Jesus has done for you. Repent. Repentance is you turning away, saying sorry for what you've done, doing a 180-degree spin and actually following Christ in your life. It's saying sorry for the stuff you've done, turning your back on them and living a new life. And that's what we're witnessing here this morning. They're a public declaration of your faith in Jesus. And you know, we've been uh, preaching out of this passage for a while. Um, it says, be generous with our lives. When we open up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. When we open up to others, this is a public declaration of people's faith in Christ. And when they open up to others, you guys and their family members and friends will prompt them to open up to God. When we hear about Katisha's story, when you bring Christians, non-Christians to come to it next Sunday night, it'll prompt them to go, wow, if God did that in her life, I wonder what he could do in my life. It's going to open up the possibility that no one can deny the power of your testimony. No one can deny the power of that as you tell our stories. When your story of coming to faith and of why you want to be baptised, it's powerful and it opens people up. So what happens in a baptism? If you've never seen one before, um, Daniel and Ellie were sitting here at separate times and they'll sit down and we'll um, lay them under the water. And that signifies death, like Jesus Christ dying. And the water represents a cleansing of sin. Okay, And bringing them up again through the water represents being clothed in Christ, a new life 
in Christ. How cool is that? And the word baptized comes from the, the Greek word baptizo, which is when they got a, um, they got a, um, a, a piece of cloth that they wanted to, to um, change its color. So what they do is they would baptizo it or baptizo. I don't know the exact how to say it, but uh, I know how to spell it, which helps. Okay, so, um, and what they would do with this piece of cloth is they would cleanse it in bleach, okay, to rid it of germs, and then they would change its color to make it a new color. And that's what we're doing here. We're baptizing someone. We're cleansing them of their sin, Jesus is, and then we're going to raise them symbolically in a new color and a new life in Christ. How cool is that? You know, in Acts 22, we see Saul. Uh, he was a big persecutor of the, the new church, the Jesus followers, and, um, and he tells his story in Acts 22. And he tells, he's saying, you know, I was baptizing. You know, I was the worst. I was the best Pharisee. And I would go around and I would persecute these people. And then on the way to Damascus, I, had this, I saw Jesus and I became blind. And then, uh, then I had this guy, Ananias, uh, healed me and, and all this sort of stuff. And then he says to Ananias, uh, Ananias heals him of being blind. It's in Acts 22. And this is what it says in verse 16. And Ananias says to Paul, after this kind of happens, he says to Saul, and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, wash your sins away, calling on his name. How cool is that? The, Saul has gone through this experience. And Ananias, a man of God, says, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized. So if that's you here today, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, calling on the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to be doing baptisms this morning. And if you want to get up and be baptized, we'll baptize you either right now or during the PM service this afternoon. Okay? What is, what is God calling you to do? And I want to call you to get up and be baptized? Have you had a God experience? Do you want to live for Him? Then do you want to take that next step in your walk with Jesus? Then get up, be baptized, calling on His name. Does that sound cool? So um, this morning is a little bit different, I guess. So we've got baptisms that we do quarterly, okay? Uh, and, uh, or whenever someone wants to get baptized. And, uh, and then what we're going to do now is uh, we're part, if you don't know, we're part of a C3 movement where there's now over 600 churches around the world. Um, the fastest growing regions are in Africa and Southeast Asia. Um, and, uh, and Pastor Phil and Chris Pringle are the kind of the founders and the leaders of the, of the, of the movement. And we are excited to be a part of the movement. And, every, and uh, lately, Pastor Phil's been doing videos that will show once, I think it's every quarter or once every four months, um, to, uh, dr uh, directly to the movement, addressing us as a movement. So this morning, this video goes for about 10 minutes. It's on prophecy. Um, and so we're just going to watch that video. Uh, and then I'll do a little bit of talking about that afterwards. Okay, so thanks, David. Can you chuck on the video? Thanks a lot. Hi, everyone. Woo. Pastor Phil and Chris Pringle. Hi, guys. It's wonderful, wonderful to be sharing this message with you today. Welcome to church this weekend. Yes. What a delight to have you in the house of God. Yes. Many guests, we're so glad you made it. We're so yes. glad you're here and looking forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Chris? Yes, well, look, I am excited that I'm here to introduce my husband. This is an amazing message of prophecy and inspiration to release something absolutely new in the midst of you and all our churches. So I know you're going to love this message today. As we, so God bless you. As yeah. we come into Presence Conference oh! in San Diego. Yes, yeah, C3 America. In August. Do whatever you can to be there. It's going to be absolutely yes. amazing. Yes, for a real big hug. Not a virtual one like this one, but a real one. So God bless you. Amen. See you there. Well, I, I wanted to share about this uh, amazing gift that God has given to us called prophecy. And it may seem like a small subject, but actually it embraces a vast array of the moving of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit first fell 
on those 120 disciples, Peter stood up and he said, when the spirit of God falls, young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams and handmaidens and servants will prophesy. Actually, the dreaming of dreams and the seeing of visions and prophesying are pretty much all the same thing. And I have no doubt that we are moving into an era, a brand new phase, an incredibly higher level and a higher season of anointing and outpouring of the Holy Spirit than we've ever seen in the history of the world. In C3 and right across the earth, right across all flesh and all the church right around the world, we're going to see a move of God that is completely unstoppable. The moving of the Spirit always brings about proclamations or prophecies. Immediately when they were filled with the Spirit, they all began to speak in other languages that they never learned before. And then the apostles stood up and started preaching, especially Peter. And he prophesied about the wonders of God and the glory of God. And he magnified God in his preaching. He was worshiping God with his preaching. And speaking in a way that is supernatural throughout all of Scripture is called prophesying. In fact, right from the Old Testament, Moses, when he looked back through time, it was an, an element of prophesying. He was seeing in the Spirit how the world was created. Right through to the book of John and the book of Revelation written by the Apostle John, he was seeing into the future. And that was also the gift of prophecy. In fact, Jesus, when he was here, he said, I only do what I see my Father doing. Now, when the word prophecy originally comes into Scripture, it means to bubble up, to be like a fountain within. And you'll find that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, things will come out of your mouth. Worship, praise, glorifying God, speaking in new languages, supernatural utterances begin to happen. But that word morphed into a new word as well, which meant seer. And that word meant that you could actually begin to see what God was doing and then speak it into being. Inside us, when we're born again, we get a duplicate set of faculties. We get spiritual ears, spiritual eyes, spiritual feelings, spiritual taste, spiritual smell. We can sense God. When we dominate our world with stimulus to the flesh man, to our body, we shut down that spirit man. But when we quieten down our flesh and, and not let it have so much stimulation, we actually awaken those sensibilities and those faculties that belong to the inner man. One of the reasons we close our eyes when we pray is to shut out all that imaging that's coming from the natural world and the inner eye, our inner eyes are opened and we can start to see God and reach out into the spirit in fact, Paul in Ephesians 3 verse 20, he prays for the Ephesian church. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart are opened. I pray that you get it. That's what really he was asking. The, pr the, the prayer was that the, the inner eye, the inner vision that God wanted to show them would become apparent. God wants to mingle his thoughts with our imagination. And we should never underestimate the power of imagination in terms of waiting on God because once we have started to perceive something and conceive it in our mind, we can then speak it. 
And many times Jesus told us, rather than just say it and pray it, he wants us to prophesy it into being. He'd say, speak to the mountain and it will move. Most often Jesus would speak to sickness and he'd say, be healed to a person. He would tell people to do things and they would act on that word and they would find themselves in a new level of victory and healing. And that is what I believe God has taken us into as we move into the future. There is a new anointing. There is a fresh oil coming upon C3. Part of that is not just praying, but it is proclaiming. It is prophesying. And I am prophesying that we will see a million people worshiping in our congregations all around the world in the next few years. I am prophesying that we will see a revival and a move of God and an outpouring of the Spirit like we have never seen before. I am prophesying that we are going to see the sick healed, the dead raised. We're going to see blind eyes opened. We're going to see thousands and thousands and thousands of teenagers coming to Christ. A massive revival is going to be poured out on the holy, on the people of God all over the world. And we're going to find that every church will experience an influx of teenagers. The touch of God will not be stopped in this era. The devil can't stop it. People can't stop it. Governments won't stop it. The Holy Spirit is coming on earth like a wave that is unstoppable. And I prophesy that your churches, your churches, your people, your teenagers, your youth, your teams are all going to experience the touch and the power of the Holy Ghost at another level so that you start to see the future and that you start to prophesy those things that God is about to do. We're living in an age when God wants to move in our hearts not just move sovereignly from above. Sometimes we are asking God to do things that He wants us to do and He has told us to do. He has said, you go heal the sick and we go pray, God, heal the sick person. We are the ones with the word of the Lord in our mouth and we can say to this world, be healed in Jesus' name. We can say to the dead, come alive in Jesus' name. We can say to the sick, be healed. We can say to people who are suffering and they're in poverty and they're in difficulty, to marriages that are in trouble, to people who are suicidal. We can bring the Word of God and bring life. The most important thing for me about prophecy is that I believe it's a lifesaver. We live in a world where young people middle-aged people, older people are struggling to grasp hope. They're struggling to see a future. They're struggling to feel like something good is going to happen to them. And I believe we're living in an hour now where every time people come into church, something good is going to happen to them because we prophesied it, because we said it. We need to clothe our congregations with faith. We need to clothe our lives with faith in the morning to speak over our lives that I am blessed. I am a, a holy. I am on fire. I have energy. I am awake. Uh, I love God. I love church. I love the people of God. I'm destined for greatness. When you start to see these things in your life and you speak them, you will find you transform into the very words that are coming out of your mouth. Never underestimate the power of your tongue. You can create life or bring death with that. 
You can actually penetrate into heaven with the word of God in your lips, with the high praises of God in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hand. We bring defeat to the devil and we access heaven. God has given us his word to use. It isn't just to study. It isn't just to memorize. It isn't just to meditate on. It isn't just to teach. It is to use as a weapon. It is to use as a powerful weapon that defeats the devil, cuts him in pieces, and brings down strongholds. It's also an incredible weapon in terms of coming against our own flesh, coming against all the persecution and criticisms. As you speak that word, you are speaking the very same word that created the heavens and the earth. It has got power in it. The living word of God has so much power that it created a universe, for goodness sake. When we put his word in our mouth, like God said to Jeremiah, I put my word in your mouth. Once that begins to happen and we prophesy, we'll see valleys of dry bones come alive. We will see dead men coming out of their tombs. We will see whole communities transformed, converted by the power of Christ. And our churches set on fire with revival in the prayer meeting. And I'm telling you, there is a revival in our prayer meetings. God is bringing great amounts of prayer into our lives and into our churches. We shouldn't be just praying. We should be prophesying that God is about to move in our own lives, in our families, in our finances, in our circumstances, in our communities with salvation, with blessing, with an abundance in Jesus' name. I'm praying for you right now that the power of the Holy Ghost will fall upon you, your congregation, your families, and you'll experience abundance in Jesus' mighty name. Heavenly Father, let the blessing and the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost rest on all of our congregations all around the world in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Prophecy, hey? There's so much in prophecy, and I loved how Pastor Phil touched on that idea of the personal prophecy, that you're using the Word of God as a sword of the Spirit to actually speak life into your life. How cool is that? And actually to speak truth into it. Um, um, we can use our words to build others up and to tear them down, or we can use words to build ourselves up or tear ourselves down. Who's done that before? Yeah? Yeah. But we actually need to be using the Word of God to build ourselves up, to build up that inner man in us and to build up the inner man in other people. Um, uh, I don't know about you, but I want a strong inner man. I want a strong inner woman in my wife. I want, a strong, I want you to be a strong inside. And so once a week for the last oh, six months, I think I've been fasting to kind of to dull down that flesh that he was talking about. I don't want to be living out of my flesh. I want to be able to be connected with the Spirit of God. So when he moves, I notice it. When he speaks, I notice it. And I really feel I've been, since doing that, I've been able to connect more with him to kind of push down that, that spirit man. So what are you feeding yourself with week in, week out? You know, when you eat bad, when you travel to Sydney, everyone goes past Maccas. Or you go, we went to Gold Coast the other, the other week and we drove and I was like, oh, I just don't want to eat Maccas on the way up. Because there's not much, you just, and then you feel sluggish. And when you feed your body with not good stuff, you feel sluggish and your spirit is no different. What are you feeding your spirit with? Are you feeding it with worship, with scripture, with prayer, with fellowship, or are you feeding it with other stuff? I like how Phil talked about that the word of God isn't just to read or study or memorize or preach, but it's alive, it's a sharper than a two-edged sword, and it's a weapon that we can use to, to, to fight the weapons of the enemy. 
Hebrews 4 talks about the word of God being sharper than a two-edged sword. And Ephesians 6 talks about the word of God being the sword of the spirit. It's both attacking things. So I love also how he talked about clothing himself and his congregation with scripture to cover yourself and others in the word of God. Because when we cover people and yourselves in the word of God, you're actually covering yourself with truth. You're actually covering yourself with truth, not with lies. And many of you guys know, like I was a a top-level judo player around the world competing and stuff, and often um, I would have a bad sleep the night before or my training would be bad or I'd be sick. And then people on competition day would say, how you feeling? I'd be like, I'm great. I'm going awesome. I'm ready to smash it. Like, how'd you sleep? Yeah, good. I was only four kilos dehydrated from the sauna, but I'm all good. I'm feeling great. But I was just lying, you know, fake it till you make it. So I'm basing all of my words on lies. And I know that really deep down. You can't fake it. But when you base all this stuff on truth, it's truth. When you, when you base your life on the Bible, it's truth. You actually stand firm on that. It's not a lie. It's truth. So when people say, how are you going? You can say, you know what? I'm created in God's image because the Bible says so. I'm loved because the Bible says so. I'm forgiven because the Bible says so. I'm created for a purpose because the Bible says so. It's not based on a flimsy foundation that you made up. It's actually based on a firm foundation of Christ and the Word. When we speak scripture, we speak truth. That we're loved, chosen, set apart, justified, sanctified. We're God's children. We're brand new creation. We're known. We're God's masterpiece. We're created, forgiven, set free, have purpose, have hope. We're holy and blameless. We're loved and we're thrilled about by Christ. How cool is that? We can use scripture for ourselves to build us up. And when you build up, there's like a spring in your step. There's a spring in your step when when you're full of faith. you know. And I know it's hard when you're in the valley, and you're like, how can I be full of faith? And I thought I'd share with you my preaching notes. i got my preaching notes. This is my preaching notebook. Sorry if I lose it, I'm in trouble. Just joking. I'll just get another one. And whenever I preach, I freak out. I freak out. And every connect group, I go, I'm preaching this weekend. Can you pray for me? I freak out. I get, I get anxious. I get fearful. I get worried, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And so I wrote down here at the start of my preaching notebook. This is my preaching notebook. And I just kind of just jot stuff down when I pray and I'm message prepping. And, and I've written at the front, which is from, a, and uh, it says this, I am anointed, I'm appointed, I'm called and I'm equipped to preach Jesus, to minister Jesus, to share Jesus and change lives for Jesus. And I go, oh yeah, that's right. I am that. I am anointed. I am full of the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, I am called to do this for this time being, maybe not forever, but I am called to do this and I am equipped to do this and I can do this, that I can actually stand. I get a bit of a spring in my step, but then sometimes I still freak out. So then in my journal, I wrote this because Sam, whenever I preach, like I said, I freak out. Sometimes I just lay face down on the ground. I don't know what to do, God. I don't know what to say. Help me. And and then uh, let me just find it. And so I wrote this. Um, There's an arrow. When you are next preaching, read this. (laughs) When you next preach, you will not know what to say. Feel depressed, anxious, worried, want to quit. Need more time. Feel like I need more time to message, prep, pray, think, study, all that stuff. Freak out. But remember, God is faithful. God is for me. He will anoint my words. He will give me a message. He will deliver me. He will walk with me. He always gives me a message. So pray, trust, walk in faith. And so when I do that, I go, yeah, that's right. Like, 
Every time I preach, he gives me a message. And there's, a, there's faith building. When we preach scripture over our life, it's faith building. We give, there's, it's faith. You know, and faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of God. And I think um, if I just put that scripture up quickly, Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes from hearing and the message is heard through the word of Christ. And the NLT says, faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ, hearing the good news that he died for you and I, hearing the good news that we are actually forgiven, hearing the good news that we can have a relationship with God, hearing the good news that we are saved, hearing the good news that we can have relationship with him. And that builds your faith, does it not build mine? It doesn't build yours, I don't know, but it definitely builds mine. So when I worry what's going to happen to my kids, when they're asleep and I come in and pray, I'm like, oh, oh, this the world's so bad, what am I going to go? No, no, God is for them, not against them. God, Lord God, and I prophesy, like Pastor Phil talked about, I prophesy over their life that God is for them and not against them. That it doesn't matter what happens, that, that God will chase them down like the prodigal son when they came back, that God was running towards him, that, that they do have a great future, that they're going to be full of the Holy Spirit, that they're going to be uh, planted in the house of God, and I prophesy over them. And then I come out of the, the kids' rooms, and I'm like, oh, they'll, they'll be fine. And then, you know, doing, doing that, and people go, oh, okay, worry, don't worry. And I pray it, and then I come out going, God's, got, God's on their case. It's going to be all right. When we prophesy the truth over our worlds and other people's worlds, it builds your faith, which is awesome. So what I thought I'd do is, um, I was going to close the service pretty soon, but we actually have a prayer team at church uh, that after the, the morning services, um, there's people down the front to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, you can come down the front and we can pray with you, okay? Uh, and uh, Which is awesome. And we even have connect groups. At connect group, we pray for you. If you need help, you can contact your connect group leader and they'll pray for you and the people will get on it. If you're not in a connect group, get in one. But maybe you're not in a connect group and you need prayer. You can email the church and we'll pass on your prayer request to the prayer team and they'll pray for you throughout the week. How cool is the church community, that we have people praying for you that you don't even know who they are, but they're praying for you, that your life is going to be awesome, that God is going to turn it around, you know, that we actually can do that. So this morning we have Claire, where's Claire? Down the front, you're part of our prayer team this morning, and Amy O'Callaghan, you're part of our prayer team as well. So they're going to be down the front after the service. And what I thought I'd do is what Pastor Phil talked about is to, to uh, that, that people, would, myself included, would have a defining moment to start proclaiming Scripture over your life, to start, to start walking in that, to start surrounding yourself in truth, not in lies, and to start walking that out, to build yourself up. Maybe you're really good at that. Maybe it's about now proclaiming Scripture and truth over other people's worlds. So if you want prayer for that or prayer for anything else, we'll be down the front to pray for you that, 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 that you can do it, that you can, that you can stand firm in Scripture and in truth, to build yourself up. And maybe you've been, or maybe you just need the strength to do it, the strength that you can, rather than using the sword, uh, we want to be using it as a sharp two-edged sword. Maybe you've been trying to use it as a blunt sword. We want to stand with you to help you pray and to, and to do that. Does that sound cool? Thank you, Lord. Lord God, we thank you for the, the service this morning. Lord God, we thank you for these baptisms. It was such an honour to see people take that next step in their walk with you. Lord God, we thank you for the miracle of salvation. Lord God, we thank you for the miracle of people just wanting to walk with you. Lord God, I pray that as we go about our weeks this week, that you'll help us feel that touch of heaven in our lives. Lord God, I pray you help us to use Scripture to build us up, to build up that inner man. Lord God, to build up our spirit. Lord God, I pray that you help dull our flesh down so we can hear from you. Oh, Lord God, I pray that you help us to wield the word like a two-edged sword. 
Lord God, I pray you help us to build people up, to speak life over them and life over ourselves in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.